Hi, welcome to Idaho Business Out Loud. I'm Liz Harbauer, and this episode is on healthcare, specifically the use of data. So this topic doesn't just affect data analytics officers, it affects everyone who walks into a hospital, from patients to doctors and nurses and hospital administration staff. The processes of gathering and analyzing data is something that goes on in the background, but it makes a huge difference in care. So to get into this in depth, I went over to St. Luke's to speak with Dr. Niraj Soni, the Chief Medical Informatics Officer, and owner to Rashulu, the Chief Digital and Analytics Officer. Moving forward, St. Luke's Health System is working on using healthcare data for more than just tracking what's happened. They're using it to look ahead and see what could happen. This can mean a lot for patients receiving the care they need, and it definitely makes the work of hospital staff clearer and more efficient as well. So it's a meaty topic, but being a little bit of a data analytics nerd myself, I found it really fascinating, and I hope you do as well. So I'm going to let Dr. Sony and owner introduce themselves, and then we'll dive right in. Um, this is Niraj Sony. I'm Chief Medical Informatics Officer for St. Luke's Health System. And in that capacity, I work with our bedside caregivers, uh, nurses, therapists, physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, um, and help them use our electronic health record uh, to its fullest um, and help develop our electronic health record in a way that supports the care that they provide. Great. Uh, this is Owner Torsholu. I am the uh, Chief Digital and Analytics Officer for St. Luke's Health System. And my role encompasses, um, well, concentrating today on the analytics topic, mostly around transforming the way we do business at St. Luke's with uh, uh, using data-driven uh, decisions versus um, uh, maybe old uh, traditional methodologies of waiting for information to be available after the fact. Uh, and uh, I work with Dr. Sony as well as uh, many of our clinical and non-clinical teams. I, I consider everybody to be our customer in the organization, and we serve them in the capacity they need us to be available, uh, whether it's making data available, making uh, informa- uh, turn data into information, and in many cases, uh, now the new capabilities that we brought to the table with advanced analytics, anything from... Uh, traditional statistical analysis to uh, advanced analytics such as machine learning and artificial intelligence, those sorts of concepts. So um, so let's kind of back up a little bit to the beginning of the story. Um, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what your previous system was and um, why you decided to pursue a different way of gathering these analytics? In terms of the how the care has been provided, um, we've been on different kinds of electronic health records for a while and there are certain parts of the organization that just moved to an electronic record uh, three years ago when we implemented epic as a system-wide solution but in pockets we had electronic health records dating back 20 plus years the problem was that the care that was provided in those areas maybe one emergency department or one labor and delivery unit really couldn't be seen by anybody else because the people caring for the patient in that area could only see their electronic record. Um, and in other areas, we simply didn't have anything electronic and orders were still placed on paper and charts were still completed on paper. It's really hard to uh, even have all of the information, much less know how to use the information if that's the model you're in. Three years ago, we completed a uh, multi-year project to bring all of our hospitals, all of our clinics, all of the care settings um, uh, together into one common electronic health record. And so now all of us could at least see 
what's happening to the patient in different settings. And that's really the first step towards uh, having all of the data to analyze. And that's where our owner's team comes in. So these changes that you're making in your analytics uh, capabilities, um, what exactly are they going to bring to the table? What, what specific changes are you making? One of the challenges uh, in most organizations is uh, knowing uh, which data set to use where. Uh, so uh, we can use, uh, whether it's our EMR system or enterprise resource planning system, ERP and or financial systems, uh, we have same uh, common denominator data fields, but they will serve totally different purposes. For example, uh, um, a clinician in our EMR system may be uh, serving one purpose or one physician field serving one purpose, but in the financial terms, that may be completely different. Uh, so if those interpretation points uh, don't exist in a data environment, you may be utilizing the wrong data sets to try to make the right decisions for your organization. So this foundational layer of data management skills allows for, again, aligning what data and which fields to be used in what setting, uh, who should be using it, and what decisions should be made with that is step number one. The second step to that comes from uh, uh, the next layer uh, of uh, which what we call the business intelligence uh, field, which is the ability to take that filtered, cleaned, uh, and, and managed data and make it available in the right care uh, or operational setting. So as in um, uh, using Epic as an example, uh, there is a lot of information already available uh, as in pre-built reports and dashboards uh, basis in Epic, but it is a free-for-all frenzy so that we want to control that conversation by uh, training and using the right information in right places. So for example, when Dr. Sony's in, in a care setting and is taking care of patients actively, I don't anticipate him going outside of Epic and logging into two, three other different systems to try to get to an information in managing the care for a given patient. All that information should be at the fingertips of that physician. And in this case, if they're in Epic, in Epic. Uh, and in the same token, I don't anticipate or I uh, necessarily don't want to um, allow or make our financial uh, team members to try to go into an EMR system to understand what happened to a patient so then they can determine uh, what billing and or what financial statements to create out of that one. We should make that information quickly available for them for the same setting as well uh, so that they can manage their business function under their umbrella. Just like uh, the clinicians need that skill set, our business operations need that sort of capability at their fingertips. So that is our next phase. And then the next layer to this is the advanced analytic capabilities. So going from hindsight uh, of what happened in the past and, and in some case, cases why it happened to what can happen, how do we predict, how do we allow people to prepare and plan for it and have the right alerting and or capability in place to be able to highlight um, you know, a great example in here is the sepsis uh, model that we're actively uh, working on deploying in our organization right now is that the premise of our sepsis predictive model is we will give the ability to a physician, uh, a patient who they may have seen in recent history uh, as part of their rounding or whatever the case may be, is um, deteriorating. 
and uh, if whether they're going to do their rounding and see this patient in the next few hours or not can determine this patient uh, becoming more adversely sick versus not. Uh, building a sepsis model or building a predictive model allows for determining through predetermined variables uh, this patient's about to get worse. Highlight the uh, uh, attending physician or the floor nurse or whatever the case may be or a specific team to be able to say that, hey, this patient in the next couple of hours can turn septic. Let's pay extra attention to it. And uh, instead of getting to that patient after the fact that pers the person has turned septic, if we can save uh, the physician uh, that effort and or save the uh, patient's life by alerting the physician ahead of time, that's a great example of being able to do things ahead of the curve and before it actually take a turn for the negative, if you would. So that's a good example of the three layers that I talked about, foundational to middle, and then now what we brought to the table with the advanced analytics skills, if you would. That's really fascinating. It seems to affect every single level of business from the way that you know the hospitals run to the, the care right. for the patients. So Dr. Sony, something that I would love to share with our readers and listeners is kind of what not just you know like a doctor at St. Luke's can experience from these changes, but a patient. Um, how is this going to affect the average person who both works and is being taken care of at St. Luke's? Hey, great question. Um, the goal for us is to work with patients and work with the people caring for them to figure out how best to bring this data and bring this information uh, uh, to that care setting in the right way. It's not it's not enough to say that, uh, in the case of a, a sepsis, for example, it's not enough to say that the patient uh, might become septic. Um, any patient in the hospital might become septic. Um, it's also not good enough to uh, just say when we're sure the patient is going to become septic. Because by the time we're sure that they're going to become septic, their very well-trained doctors and nurses have already figured that out too. Mm -hmm. So what we're working on now is presenting information to um, a patient's uh, physician and care team and asking them whether this looks like it's useful information and then getting their input into how to build tools around it. Uh, it's hard enough and controversial enough to know what we should do for a patient who we all agree is septic. Um, it's definitely unknown what to do about a patient who might become septic. Mm -hmm. um, and you definitely don't want to do the same things for all of those patients. Uh, that wouldn't reduce costs and it wouldn't improve care. So using the tools that we have, the predictive tools, to alert a team of uh, care providers that something different is going on with the patient, something that might require their attention, and just asking them to pay more attention or to um, review the patient's record in a different way than they might just do on a regular day, that's where we're starting. Mm -hmm. um, rather than um, expecting these tools to automatically link to new orders and new treatment plans and those kinds of things. Um, if we don't uh, um, get the care teams involved, then it'll feel like this is just another way that uh, the computer is trying to get in the way of uh, uh, physicians and their patients. And that's definitely not the, not the point of this. Um, the point of this exercise is to help uh, the care team do the things that they already want to do better. For patients, there's a variety of ways in which uh, predictive analytics and 
descriptive analytics uh, can help. So descriptive analytics are um, just being sure that you understand what it is that you did and what it is that you were doing. And the predictive analytics uh, starts to get into the realm of what is it that you should be doing. And what we should be doing is a lot harder to answer uh, than what we are doing and what we did do. Uh, but patients uh, stand to benefit a lot from this. So instead of having uh, a set of treatment that might be just tied to any patient with a certain disease, we can now start thinking about the kinds of treatments that might be most effective, not for any patient with that disease, but this particular patient, and uh, taking into account their personal history, their current medication list, their social issues, that affect their health, uh, rather than uh, trying a one-size-fits-all treatment for pneumonia or sepsis or diabetes or hip fractures. Um, and that's the part, I think, that is really most interesting for, for patients. It sounds like it's not just saving time and money, but also saving lives. If it's done right, then that's, the, that's what should happen. Um, but that's a big if. Um, and what we don't want to do at St. Luke's is start treating uh, these analytic tools as just another um, shiny thing to put in front of doctors and patients. Mm -hmm. um, what we want to do is be really thoughtful and always be asking the question about how will this information or this prediction or this new screen actually help our care team do their job better, mm -hmm. um, not just uh, check off a box that um, we've turned on a new tool. What are some of the challenges associated with um, gathering and implementing this data? Uh, first, I, I want to add to uh, Dr. Sony's comments. I, I, he's so much more articulate than I am in putting it in perspective. Uh, I wanted to clarify a couple of things exactly to the point uh, he made. Uh, we are a shared service organization, so we are a support function when it comes down to it, and our purpose is to exactly what Dr. Sony mentioned, to make lives easier for our clinicians and non-clinicians alike. So the tools and the products and the services that we bring to surface, we take a lot of time before we actually implement. And that's to the exact point of, we don't want to yet introduce another, uh, not only a bright, shiny object, but also uh, if we consider the physician uh, fatigue uh, with EMRs and the work that they do, it is not to add to their plate, it is to remove from their plate, hopefully. Uh, and that's, that's a number one goal for our department and our organization. Um, to answer your question from a data and how do we gather this information and, and, and uh, challenges with that. So it, um, the challenges, if we were to go about it uh, in our quote-unquote traditional ways, is uh, we didn't have the technical uh, um, uh, skill set as well as, uh, as the tools to actually be able to gather the information correctly. So uh, our first step of our transformation was bringing the right technology and skills to the organization, um, which helps avoid or mitigate many of the risks that are associated with you know, having to be able to get the right information or get it in a timely manner. Um, uh, some of the most common challenges of getting this information uh, in a timely manner is um, uh, today, 
uh, it still is at a minimum of a 24-hour cycle to be able to run that information through the system to make it available uh, to uh, from a quote-unquote reporting and or dashboarding perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our future state capabilities and th- thought processes is that near time, real time or real time ability to uh, apply some of these uh, advanced uh, technologies to it so that the information is even more quickly and readily available to, again, clinicians as well as non-clinicians alike. Depending on the use case and business model, it doesn't always have to be real time, uh, but you know, again, right place, right time, right information, sort of uh, the setting that we're going after. So it seems from what I'm hearing that um, the focus of these is not just efficiency, but also care. Can you tell us a little bit how this affects um, preventative care, not just crisis care? Yeah, definitely. Um, it used to be that there were two kinds of people who cared about this information and getting these reports, people whose responsibility it was to run the hospital or a department efficiently, and people who are just trying to take care of the patients. And so those who are responsible for efficiency might care about how many patients are coming in, how many patients do we have, how quickly are they paying their bills, those kinds of things, um, and, and how well is our staffing matched to that. Mm-hmm. And the people who are just trying to take care, take care of patients might care about getting results quickly, getting orders in correctly, um, uh, getting medications up from pharmacy quickly, those kinds of things. Um, and what we were really missing is the people who care about what's happening to this patient but they might not be in a position to affect it right now. They just need to start planning for the future. So as a group, um, this includes case managers and discharge planners when the patient's in the hospital, and it includes uh, care coordinators and what are called uh, nurse navigators uh, when the patient is at home in between episodes of care. Mm -hmm. And now we're able to start thinking about the kind of data and information those groups of people could use and the way that they could get the data so that they can intervene. So if a patient is in the hospital and we have a model that says that they're at risk of being readmitted, that's important information. Right now they're in the hospital, they're getting care. Mm -hmm. What we really want is for them to get better, go home, and stay at home and not get sick again. Yep, and stay healthy, yep. Right, and it's these uh, models that can help tell us who's at risk for needing to come back. And that by itself isn't enough either. We need to know why the patient might be at risk. So there's a big difference in what we would do as a hospital if we knew that this patient might come back because they don't believe that the plan that they're getting is good. And that's different than the patient who doesn't understand the plan. And that's different than the patient who can't hear the plan. And that's different from the patient who can't afford the plan. Right. Right. And but knowing what of those, which of those issues this patient has is going to be important for how we intervene. Yeah. Um, again, well put. The couple of uh, jargon uh, language to add into that is this is going into the realm of population health uh, as well as uh, value-based care uh, management. The uh, where analytics comes into picture from that standpoint is. Again, with the advances in uh, being able to share more data and having access to more data, we can go uh, above and beyond just our actual uh, patient population to available information that can be millions of uh, patients' uh, records that are in, uh, which in our case, Epic's uh, global system. 
it's in a de-identified way allows for us to access those sorts of data sets. So instead of, if we, I'm making this completely up, but if we had X number of patients, which is limited to our uh, physical location, so it creates a small sample size versus we can open up that population to the entire country and get information on the same or common type of patients and the treatments and what's been most successful. Uh, that's part of that picture of making it available to whether it's the case managers or the hospitalist or uh, the overall care team for that given patient or population allows for them to, again, make better, faster decisions and being able to see what next step is available for that patient to actually, again, the point of keeping them healthy versus treating them when they're sick. So that's uh, where the analytics will come into play. That's really interesting. Thank you both so much for your time. I feel like you've given us a great um, overview from both sides of the, the issue from within the hospital, within the data, data gathering. Um, yeah, it's been great. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Les. Thank you.